to Kansas City Social Hour. And get on we with it, motherfucker. We are live. That's live for us anyways. And you're locked in to the Kansas City Social Hour. And I'm your humble host, Ruben Ortiz. Let's get it on. Now, when I was a young boy, at the age of five, my mother said I was going to be the greatest man alive. But now I'm a man, way past 21. I want you to believe me, baby. I have lots of fun. I'm a man. I spell him What's up, Kansas City? I know you're feeling good this morning or this evening, whatever it is. You can pick up the KC Social whenever you like, in the gym, in your office, right before you go to bed. We got all of Kansas City's inside information, and not everybody's privy to this shit, man. Like what we're about to get into right now. It's amazing, and I love kicking it with the team at Crane Brewing Company. After Hours with my boy, Corey Hockler. What you may know is that Crane Brewing Company is brewing some innovative, pushing the envelope, awesome beers. Anytime you're going into the tap room, you're going to face something new and exciting. And that's why I love this company. And the things that they do are at a very high quality level. Now, at a certain point in the podcast, they hit up Corey and I for a recipe, which is naturally our dream come true. But we dropped the ball and we didn't have anything at that moment. And you'll be able to hear that towards the end of the podcast. So for my boys at Crane that are listening, base beer, gosa, ingredients, chile, chili, lime, and pink sea salt. A limon y sal gosa. Gosa sabrosa. A chili, lime, sea salt gosa. And when we say chili, we mean any kind of a dried chili pepper or what Mexicans would call a chile piquín. So some kind of a dried chili, kind of like what you would throw on a pizza. Fucking awesome, man. You heard it here first. And if anyone can do it, they can do it. And you may already know that they could do some innovative shit. But what you did not know, perhaps, is how great of a team dynamic that they have. And how difficult it is to wrangle in all these crazy personalities. And Corey and I walked in to an awesome scene. And you're about to get a glimpse into what that is. And I hope, and I'm pretty sure, that we'll be doing this again. And these motherfuckers should have their own podcast. And if they don't, they should invite Corey and I over any chance they get. Because we'd be happy to do it. And give you a glimpse inside of Crane Brewing Company. Let's get into the podcast. 
Catch you on the flip side. I turn around to close the door to the bathroom and apparently fall into the door jam. And then just like I half passed out, but then stood myself back up like, oh, I'm okay. And then I actually passed the fuck out and backwards I fall and bash my head against the counter and then it, like in every crime scene TV show you've ever seen I hit the counter and I slide down against the, the cupboards whatever all the shelves and there's blood smeared across oh, everything wow. oh man and then I the next thing I know is Are you sure I she did, I didn't hear this girlfriend didn't push you right this wasn't no right she up. wasn't there she right. thought I was just going to go take a dump okay fair enough <laughs> But I, when I come back, too, I'm sitting on the toilet, <laughs> butt-ass naked, and there's, like, five EMTs sitting around me. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, dear God. Oh, apparently I pooped. <laughs> but at least you pooped in the and toilet, the, right? Uh, mostly. Mostly? All right, fair enough. But the, you did the, pass out, in fairness yeah, to you. Yeah, no, I mean, just everything kind of lets go. Everything relaxes when you pass out. I learned... Um, but then, uh, I, luckily the first thing that comes to my mind when I actually sort of come to is I'm sitting on the toilet, there's five EMTs around me and they're like, Hey, you just hit your head really hard. You probably have a concussion. Do you want to come with us to the hospital? And I was like, thank God. The first idea in my head was that sounds expensive. Fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just like, nah, nah, I'm good. I'll just sit right here. And they leave. I lay down on the floor. And my luckily, my girlfriend wasn't, like, super unintelligent. So she, like, checks on me every 10 or 15 minutes, making sure I'm awake as my head's still bleeding, evidently. She and decides that I need to go to the, the hospital to get staples put in my head. And I still have, I can still feel the scar today from the one time I had a brain malfunction and with that, you guys get some taste of what Corey and I just walked into at uh, the tap room at Crane Brewing what Company. A, what a great segue. Welcome to Crane Brewing Company. Uh, how else do you start a podcast? First of all, we walked into Corey's version of heaven. Just a minute. There's uh, a punk music playing. He has the run of the taps. He's he's been back to the taps like four or five times. So, And we had, we had five or six times. Thank you. We had no idea that... Who's counting? We were going to do a buttoned-up serious podcast, sir, and you hijacked us. Nah. (laughs) So we walk in, and they're playing a Pokemon drinking game. And all I'm thinking is like, oh, my God, this is the most amazing thing. And I'm asking way too many questions, and there's a lot of rules. And I'm like, I got here too late. If I would have been here 30 minutes earlier, I would have gotten in. And then I would have probably passed out and had five ENTs around me naked sitting on the toilet. So maybe it's a good thing. Can I interject and have Christian explain the Pokemon drinking game to everybody, please? Corey was super sad, by the way, that he was not able to get in on the game. He was trying to learn the rules the whole free. It was sad. He was trying to learn the rules the whole time you guys were playing, man. I mean, we'll totally play again. That's no big deal after this. (laughs) All right, so... I guess just getting the logistics out of the way, everybody that's going to speak on the podcast, like just introduce yourselves and give a little background on who and what the fuck you do. I'm Michael Reynolds. I'm one of the brewers here at Crane. Aaron Bryant. I run operations here at the brewery. 
I'm Eric Pegler. I am a brewer and bartender in the tap room. Chris Myers, co-founder. Marty Graham. I just work in packaging. Eric Rex, occasional bartender. Christian Coriel. I bartend and clean toilets. <laughs> and and this, I'm Corey. I I do the podcast sometimes. And we have four mics, so we're like playing like pass the potato right now. So. All those people, and we have four mics. But uh, if everyone could just, like, when you speak into the mic, just hold it pretty close to your face and try to speak as loudly and clearly into the mic as you can. Ruben's very authoritarian about how you use the mic, so he will correct you every time. Trust me. I've, please I've, and thank you. Yes. Please and thank you, Ruben. It's like we don't know what we're doing. You know, and, and the only thing about that is because it, it'll cut out sometimes and you guys will be saying some really deep shit, you know, like about taking a shit or whatever it was that he was talking about <laughs> earlier. And then people won't be able to get the full story. So I'm, I'm trying to help, man. So here we are. Uh, I was going to ask you guys how, how Brewfest went, but I think this is just as fun or just as cool as what the fuck i was like we'll start off with something fun like brewfest beer festival beer brewfest fest. was a bad question but go ahead go ahead and answer chris it was it was a good kickoff i mean other than uh big chill stockyard just won the first festivals of the season so we had a lot of fun and uh this is this is your second year so you know what are some of the ex- learning experiences that you had thus far like that you hadn't anticipated that that, like you learned from this whole thing of like embarking on this journey that you went on, man. This has been a big change for us, a big commitment. Uh, this this next year, we've really kind of decided to dug deep into Kansas City. We're switching packaging. We're switching some some beers that we're doing. We're we're putting out some new stuff. Um, so this is us kind of revamping and and kind of figure out what we want to do, but also kind of dig deeper into the KC market mostly. And uh, does, do anybody else? have anything else that like no on any of the experience it's gonna be a little bit we'll we'll get we'll get grooving man uh because the other thing that my second question is kind of a loaded question because you you already get to see a little bit about what i'm talking about as far as like team chemistry this is really cool like you guys uh how often do you guys do this this we we try and do it semi-regularly not enough not enough I'm really excited. Um, we've got a few people here who don't get to he- get to hear their voices heard as often. Um, Marty Graham, Eric Rex, Christian Coriel. These are really important part- people to the team, and so we're we're excited to get them to talk. Um, anyone who's been really excited about a lot of the new beers coming out with regularity in the tap room should really meet Mr. Eric Fagler. I fucking love it. The, when I walked in, I you know I had a preconceived notion of how this was going to go. I thought you know it would be, you know. Uh, it was one of the things I hate about, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, is like television interviews where like they're really scripted. Uh, you know, you're asking these canned questions, and and by the way, I do, but these are legitimate stuff that I wanted to know about you guys. So I do have quote unquote canned questions, but they are just you know off the cuff. Uh, these candid answers, I think people find that way more interesting than if. You know, I popped in on my radio voice and was like, hey, guys, we're here live at Cream Beer. And then uh, 30 seconds, tell us what you guys are doing right here. You know what I mean? That's why it's a long-form podcast. We'll sit for an hour, really get to know, you know, you guys and what you guys are all about. Team chemistry, man. How important is team chemistry? And I know that in the beer industry in general, 
you have some turnover, things that they go. So I'm just like, how important is that? And, and what is the team chemistry like at Crane Brewing? So and, team, and pretend Chris isn't here. Just fuck it. Nah, yeah. well, Chris, Chris isn't here. His voice is just piped in. We've got uh, everything set up. So the, or the co-founder, it's like he's, he's got mic drops and everything ready to go. Um, yeah, but the, team, <laughs> the team chemistry is really cool here. Um, the fun thing about this is the, the staff here grew fairly organically. Um, obviously, it's Aaron and Chris um, initially wanted to set out with an idea to start a brewery. Ended up talking to Michael Crane. Long story short, got everything going. We're built up here in Raytown. And then everybody else that has joined the team along the line. Um, including myself, just kind of showed up saying, hey, I'm interested in this, and it's important to me that everything's you know, going to work as well as it can. And from there on, we've had fun working together and building the, the operation as it is. And building that operation is honestly the most important point. You know, each one of us has a, a different mindset and a different way to achieve the same goal. Me personally, I'm analytical as hell. I like numbers. I like taking data. I like creating a situation that I can learn from and moving on to the next. Other ones of us, like Michael Reynolds, uh, they're very creative-based. They know exactly what they're aiming for, and they know exactly how to get there, but they don't use the numbers like I would do. Um, They take the feel. They take the, the, you know, the belief component with it and they turn it into something beautiful almost active versus reactive i i like to say it's a uh, intuition based in like, in you're talking about the brewing uh, or, or what in for me everything is to some extent like the end product i know where i'm trying to go and I follow my intuition to get there. And you and I've talked a little bit about this before and I and I find this super fascinating because beer to me is there's an engineering component to it most definitely and there is an artistic component to it that I think is unique in that you have to have your science shit down and then to be innovative and do all the shit that the public demands there's that artistic side that comes into play. So it's very fascinating that you guys are having that yin and yang. And that yin and yang is huge. Um, so I, I mostly head up packaging. I deal very little with the brewing, the actual creative side of it, because that's not my strength. Um, I've said it before. Uh, I like to create an environment for creativity, because without that environment, you can't be as creative as you can possibly be. Now, you give me a beer, and you tell me what you want it to be, and you tell me we're going to package it, I'll take that flavor and You'll get make a package, that <laughs> but the flavor component, that's more Michael Reynolds and Eric Pegler. Um, Randy Strange, who's not present at the moment, is a big part of that as well, uh, but when it comes to the actual flavors and how they, they balance, how they work together, that's something he's going to have to compliment on. Yeah, for me, the science and engineering part of it is like a toolbox, you know, like ultimately... I'm going to use whatever tools it takes, whether it's rocks and sticks or a really precision tool like a, you know, a, a torque wrench to get, awesome. to get to where I want to go. But ultimately, the, the tools are secondary for me to the creative side. 
I think it's uh, it's important for everyone to know that obviously we love what we're doing. We're, we love being able to share these beers that are created, but we're a small business like everyone else, and so we have our stresses. But we wouldn't be able to do what we do day-to-day, week-to-week without having a supportive, structured team that we have to rely on and, and bounce off of every day. And so for you, Chris, like you have to like establish like that vision, right? So that if you have, I'm talking about on the question, I say like a, a common goal. So you have all these separate personalities, right? But ultimately you want that to go in a specific direction. I think we've been able to phase this in piece by piece. You know, we started out with a, a small team. We started out doing tours before we even had a tap room doing bottle sales. And we added a few people. We added people to production that worked well with us and have continued to work well with us from the get go. Um, but as we've added more things that we've needed, we've been able to find the right people for the right position. Adding Dan Sammons as our sales rep, he, he fills that goal ultimately. And we just keep getting better and better. Where the fuck the is Dan? Where's the- <laughs> That's a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> I, 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 wait a minute. Where is Dan? <laughs> the hell? No. And, you know, and when you're saying that, like, you're talking about, like, the additions of stuff. Like, Corey and I remember we were here See, we weren't here. We saw it from the inception pretty much. And like, just, I don't know if you can appreciate it so much from your perspective, but just sitting here now and uh, thinking back on that time, like, man, you guys have come a, a super long way in a very short amount of time. I, I know like when you're in the game, sometimes it's hard to get that perspective, but you know, do you ever appreciate that? Like how far you've come in we that are short amount of time? Very thoughtful and very appreciative of, of where we're at at this point. Um, we've luckily, and again, because of the people we've brought in, we've brought in whole worlds of other sides to us. Um, I believe Christian has something to say. Yeah, he, he looked like he was doing <laughs> Just real quick, touching on, as far as the artistry standpoint. Hold the mic a little closer, bro. See, I'm, I'm the, the mic not yeah, yeah, man, I got shit, you. Nah. Just real quick, as far as the artistry standpoint, I think, Honestly, that's a, a huge pivotal part of this business because it's not possible from a sales standpoint to sell basic beers anymore. You know, there's so many breweries and there's so comp- so much competition in this market that it's very important to kind of be on the, you know, the, the unique side of the beer as far as the profile and how you create it and having brewers that have the opportunity to kind of go what, the ways they want to go and make the different types of beers they want to make is a huge part of why Crane's successful. Well, you guys are super innovative. I mean, just uh, anyone that just looking up at the tap list right now and what's available, man, you talk about some innovative shit, you know, a kumquat, a gooseberry, a beet vice. I mean, just those three that I just glanced at, a tea vice, I mean... Yeah. There's just, that's just shit you don't normally see at any tap. You won't see one of those at another tap house, there's, let alone four different crazy flavors like that. Definitely a void in the market that we are able to jump into pretty quickly. Great beers. Love it. And yet we're also. appeasing the normal market. So that's fun too. <laughs> what, can you tell, what do you mean by that? <laughs> All I mean by that is like, uh, like the niche that we're filling, that we're sealing in like to a point, and yet we also want to do some nicer stuff. Like some more plausible to most audience stuff. Okay, so th- there's a balance of like having maybe like a you got to have a balance with it. Apparently, <laughs> uh, clearly something I don't know uh, that you know we do a bunch of these very unique sours and stuff like that. Uh, yet we also got to balance out with like you know some more standard appeasing to the beer crowd, like the normal like, beer like crowd. Yeah. 
Oh, and and we chimed in because they were playing that Pokemon Pokemon game with hams because it would be very difficult to play the Pokemon game with the kumquat vice. True. (laughs) And why would you want to waste it on something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Why would you want to waste such a beautiful beer on the the Pokemon game? Unless you're Corey. Corey would be all about that. Yeah, I I would waste it. (laughs) Good on you. If you can can down that much kumquat vice, then by all means, man. Playing this game with with beer that's only 4%, 4 4.5% alcohol actually would probably be a way better idea than, you know, how... You might need, like, a few, like, antacids afterwards, but, yeah, you'll be fine. Just so long as the enamel is still left on your teeth. Yeah. You should be able to, you know... So, so Chris, <laughs> carry on. What do you what do you think about that? The the idea of like, it sounds like um, adding something that w- the average beer drinker would find uh, approachable. I think most people know we're community based, and so we're always wanting to bring more people into our family. Um, so we are working at bringing a few beers that are, like you said, more approachable. Um, doesn't have to be sour. Doesn't have to be fruity. Doesn't have to be hoppy. Um, get them in and, and move no. on. <laughs> what? But, but my, my no. general saying is, and I think I stole from somebody else's. There's a, a time and a place for any kind of beer. So we want to we want to make the best beer possible, and we want to experiment and try some different styles this next year coming up. So do you get that uh, feedback from uh, folks that like uh, in the middle of Raytown? I, I would assume that you get the occasional customer that comes in and doesn't know what a kumquat is. Maybe they do. I don't know, but we you do. don't know what a kumquat yeah, 90% is. Yeah, it's a little tiny orange. Don't hate on Raytown. Yeah, kumquat, kumquats for whatever reason don't go great. They don't grow great in Missouri, so not everybody knows what they are. Um, I have a tree in my back. But I've had, yeah, my uncle's grown kumquats. Yeah, Raytown's a good example. We we came out this year with a beer called Raytown Common. Um, we wanted a beer the name after the namesake, our hometown, and we didn't want it to be something like I said that was that was out of the, out of too out of the norm as far as being super hoppy, super sour, super fruity. And so this is truly a beer that that anyone can get behind. And so, um, man, awesome! So you guys have a twelve ounce six packs of your. Your non-sour beers, Farmhouse IPA, Omar Porter, Trail Smith Farmhouse Ale. And uh, could you talk a little bit about the strategy to move towards uh, the glass six-packs? I'm going to let you uh, talk to Aaron, who's, who handles pretty much all of our production and kind of moving forward with that launch. Well, the six-packs are a huge move for us. Um, 750s of a Saison, 750s of Farmhouse IPA, they're not an ideal package. That day was, you know, five, seven years ago when those styles were actually okay in that package. We started that way based on the packaging format that we had. We had a six-head wine filler. We bottle conditioned every single thing we made, and we were limited by our packaging line and what we could do. Now, Farmhouse IPA, uh, Trailsmith, which was our original Saison that we changed a little bit of grain on, changed the fermentation profile on, Rebranded as Trailsmith. Um, those are now core six-pack beers of ours, and they're going to do great. They're fantastic beers, but I could have never put them in a six-pack, you know, until now with our new bottling line. So, uh, two questions. So, are you going to do small ball in the six-pack or, or the big bottle? Because nice. so that's my favorite. The decision. And I only care about me. So delicious. <laughs> The decision between a uh, 12-ounce bottle and a 375 will always be carbonation level. Now, the 12-ounce bottles are inherently thinner. They cannot hold nearly the carbonation that a 375 possibly can. So 
every Brett beer that we do that is in a small format will be in a 375. That is the only way to get the carbonation out of them that we feel nice. needs to be there. If I put that in a 12-ounce bottle um, and I sent it to market and you held on to it and stuck it in your cellar, I would create a bomb that would go off and ruin I don't know how many beers. And Corey would make there. a bomb out of that shit for yeah, sure. absolutely. As you should. That uh, is an amateur move. You can't do that. <laughs> well, that's why Corey would do it. So, and then, uh, so the, the, so the Crane de Noel was your first 375, correct? Yes. And then, so now uh, you're going to kind of... You're, so now you're going to do 750, 375, and, and six packs, so 375 on some of your specialty stuff, and then 750 on the like devices, if you will. Uh, not necessarily seven or six packs of the 375s. Uh, those will be primarily no, no. 375s, and then slash, and then oh. six packs. Not, yes. not, 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 no, no, um, 375s would be individual. So six packs and 375s will be our future packaging. Okay. Now. We do have one pallet of 750s left in the back, so I can guarantee you that at one point we will release a small batch of 750s of some kind, but that is why. Um, and we have to be here for whatever the fuck that is. It will be a brewery release-only beer. Uh, I can guarantee that as well. But 375s is the future for Crane Brewing Company as far as our oh, sours nice. and beers go. And, and then, So you just brought in a small ball, Corey. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, they just brought in a small ball. I, I may start crying. So, a lot <laughs> of people are going yourself, to cans, man. and you guys went uh, bottles. What What was the the, the decision making process on that? Just out of curiosity, or what? Uh, what's right. your feeling since you're the analytics guy? So, as a production brewery, I have to make the most of our beer appeal to the most number of people. Now, we're known for sour beers and known for Brett beers, and if I went with a canning line. And I've tried to can condition beers. They just do not do well in a high, you know, high volume carbonation concept. And that's what our sours and Brett beers are. So the machine that we got—that's a fantastic answer. I did not even think about that. I didn't. That bottle can—it's bottle conditioning for a freaking reason, man. Has to be. And that escaped me, and I feel super stupid right now. But thank you. I appreciate that. Bad. I can't get the carbonation right in a can to make the beer what I need it to be. Yep. Another um, because the beer. I love with, it. That's a great answer. The beer with too yeah. little carbonation seems flat. It seems sweet. It's wrong. The right level of carbonation it makes the beer right. I mean that that is the defining characteristic of what the beer ends up being is the way the carbonation brings out all the flavors. The yeah. more you know, bring. I so just I got just, that. I just saw. I just more saw, I just saw your question. face <laughs> drinking the small ball. And you you may have had a, like some sort of bowel movement <laughs> conniption type of like god seeing experience. I'm picking up remarkable you, seeing your face drinking that ball that small ball bottle. Now, <laughs> are you guys uh, picking up a theme from that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, poop jokes. Well, to circle back to the the other part of your question, um, the packaging line we bought is designed to do any size bottle. Okay. So within about 10 minutes, Very I can cool. take a 750, I can take a 12-ounce and a 375 for the exact same beer off the packaging line and move forward. Um, what we've been sold on is there is a canning aspect to this machine as well. So in theory, with a modular component that I can put on the machine, I can then fill any size bottle, any size can within the, a chuck range, and move forward with packaging. So that is the future we'd like to move forward yeah. to, but it is a uh, a slow 
Oh yeah. Uh, we, we I have no it. idea what the fuck you just said, but it, I, I'm going to take your word for it. No, I'm just kidding. No, I sounded good. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We have to keep. Yeah, I, hey, I can only follow that shit for a little while, and then just whoosh, you went. I, I was happy Ruben's with the just bottle a conditioning one. I'm the smart one. I, no, I'm that. just kidding. I'm sure the the beer nerds are in the podcast. Like, yes, finally, Ruben <laughs> asked a fucking legit question, and it came from Corey, unfortunately. Yeah, but yeah we, we have to keep some beers in do, mind man? as far as also um, the fruit content. You know, we do some beers with just zest that there's no sugar added. We do some beers where we're using actual real fruit, and so that's going to play a part in how we develop what beers we can can, which ones we keep in bottles, and share from there on. Um. I wanted to, you know, I think it's a good segue into the New England IPAs that you guys have been having in the, in the tap room. And uh, how has that been going so far? I know you guys have been pretty consistent on releasing a lot of different kinds of them. And I, what's that been like, man? The biggest credit goes to adding uh, Eric Pegler onto assistant brewer position. He's the one who's kind of forefronted getting us into New England IPAs. We've all talked about it and have wanted to do it, but he kind of just made the push and made it happen. So what is up with that, Eric? I mean, it's more its more of an issue. Like, I, I had never really drank many New England IPAs before starting to brew them. Um, initially, when I started working here, I heard stories about milkshake IPAs. And I was just like, what the fuck is that? Like, yeah. that, that sounds weird. Whatever. Okay, carry but on. Delicious. But then I, you know, delve a little bit more into it. I guess a little bit a little bit of backstory is I started as a home brewer and basically I I got I had been working in restaurants and bars um, and eventually just decided that I was tired of managing bars and bartending and shoved my foot in the door of a brewery um, and Crane happened to hire me um, but from then on letting these or the opportunity that these guys gave me to just brew beer like i i don't necessarily know what i'm doing will know what i'm talking about but i was don't given not them. right now you don't i think you do, do not lie to them certain, hey. No, hey. Just kidding. <laughs> but i was given the freedom by no, these I'm guys just to just you know screw around and play with some stuff and i well i've been doing I, a good job man i came up with a a, a new england ipa and we we played around with a couple different variations and it it ended up being a beer that people are buying the of. shit out of <laughs> I, I, I like to think it people like it and it started with just a phase correct and now how many different what iteration number are you at well we've got it's just a phase which was you know a, a name that i came up with to just be like oh yeah fads sweet it's just a phase no, um, as a, as a uh, excellent excellent name because i think it captured it captured the feeling of you guys in terms of you know the beer tasting kansas city and just like the the beer the beer community everyone was like all oh, that new england's just a phase it's going away and other people are like no it's for real and you just like you that name just hit the nail on the head because people are super passionate one way or the other and i think yeah the and name, that name definitely is you nails just, it you just split it down the middle and said Fuck it, just come drink it because you're gonna like it, whether you think it's a phase or whether you think it's the future. Does it taste good? No. Yes. Yeah. I mean, exactly. if you think it does, then drink it. If it doesn't, then well, go find you know something else, or maybe we make something else that you like. Whatever. But there's there's it's just a phase. There's Freak Andy, which is uh, an Imperial New England IPA that eh. I called it Freak Andy just because I thought it was funny. 
And when I said you either love it or I meant the style in general. Like people are either on one side of that fence or the other. I guess I'm super passionate about about the. It's weird because I think it will eventually. You know, we've talked about that before a lot on the podcast. Is it's going to round out, right? I mean, we've I seen this in other phases. Like yeah. hey, Ruben, everything like that call, has to. What would you call the fence that you're talking about? When when I said like the fence of the hazy IPA and not what would seems, you define the two sides? Old school as? versus new school at this point. You know, I, yeah, I think it, the fence I think, is yeah, that some people have this 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 an IPA is X Y Z, and now all of a sudden here comes something. It's not crystal clear, and it's not super hoppy, and they're like. Well, it's not super bitter. It's pretty damn hoppy. Yeah, but the, but a lot of people get off. There, a lot of people, you know, because before the the hop, before the New England IPA style, it was the West Coast where you just you drank it and you were like, it's it was intense. So there's a lot of people that kind of like. And this I, doesn't taste. This doesn't look like what an IPA is supposed to. Therefore, but it, it's either. not. It's not just the look. Some I, people buy into it and go. You know what? Like you said. Does it taste good? That that should be the, the well, driving yeah, I mean, principle. It, does it matter what it looks like? Does it matter what it? I mean, well, it, obviously, yeah, it, it matters what it to looks like. To some people, to some <laughs> it people, matters it matters what does. it tastes like. It matters what it smells like. But the yeah. the I don't the give a there, fuck what it looks like. I will drink it, and if it tastes good, I don't care if it's clear. Uh, but that's the point. Beers. That's the point. The reason that people are into it is because it, it, it doesn't blow your taste buds out. I worked at a uh, German restaurant that only served fairly low IBU beers, just because that's what German Austrian you know brewery make and i got out of the habit of drinking crazy hop bomb uh west coast ipas so the new england ipa for me is the perfect segue where i don't have to deal with having my tongue completely effed up i just said effed instead of fuck yeah I you can just say, say fuck. you can curse uh, <laughs> and i i think they're and to me like i enjoy both styles for you know i, I do think that the, the yeah, new they england both have their their spot in reality it has a um, a lot of the great characteristics of a great IPA, like some of uh, when we first got turned on, why turned me on about IPAs was the, the the nose of it. Like it had a really unique herby nose to it. Then you smell, and then all you had all these great flavors, right? Like all these chocolate, and then all of a sudden the bitterness came in after. Like it was, it's like that aftertaste, right? But as you um, got more into IPAs, you learn to appreciate the bitterness like you do in a coffee. Like, you know, I yeah, like bitter it's a, coffee. it's a learned flavor so, almost. Uh, yeah, now you have all of the sweetness, tropical flavors of uh, IPA without that crazy bitterness, right? Well, that's what makes it perfect. I mean, I'm I'm a big soccer fan. I'm a, I it's not perfect. How dare you? It's just, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's subjective, it's right? It's perfect so. until you think it isn't. Um, but... Let him the, tell his soccer story. Hold on, because I'm getting excited. Oh, man. SKCTID. Um, but in Kansas City till I die. My man. Gosh, you guys, get a room, guys. But yeah, the thing is, guys are gonna the thing is. Exit the uh, <laughs> podcast now, and they're going to go. <laughs> so Sporting KC just signed. We're talking about soccer now. No, but the fun thing about a New England IPA is it, it's not super bitter. It's not going to blow your taste buds out. It's something that I spend a fair amount of time tailgating for things just because that's Kansas City and that's how we do it. You've been to a Chiefs game, you've seen tailgates. You go to a sporting game, you've seen tailgates. But uh, it, you want to drink an IPA just because you love that hoppy aroma, that flavor. Yeah. But then again... You're drinking a New England, and that's the perfect thing just to drink. To you. 
How dare you say it's the perfect thing to drink? To my wife as well. I'll give huge credits because my wife, when we got into this, is not a beer drinker. My wife. um, My wife. She loves all the sours they do because, again, they're they're good, you know, gateway beer. They're not super hoppy. They're not like normal beer. But I come home with one of these, um, you know, hazy IPAs, New England IPAs. She can smell them. And she's totally into them because they're not pioneer. They're not super bitter. They're not super atrocious. Uh, That's a little bit dangerous about the – New England IPA as well as it, uh, at least with the, the more bitter IPAs that are higher ABV, like you can drink a New England and not even know how deep in you are with it because they're so quaffable. Like you just, that's well, kind I mean, of the that's beautiful the thing about New England IPA. Yeah, I just do that in there. You made right? up a word. <laughs> have, it, do, it doesn't necessarily matter the ABV because we have our, it's just a phase, which is, you know, six, seven percent, something like that. But then we also have Freak Andy, and that's our, "Quote unquote double New England." So I mean, you can have your across the board ABV, but it's something that, regardless of ABV, you can still drink the shit out of. Yeah, and that's and that's when and and that's actually one of the questions is most of your vices are are low ABV that you can really just drink it and enjoy it and just you know. Just the cool yeah. thing to watch happen with the New England IPA is people start to drink that beer and they ask questions. You know, like, I like this beer. What the hell is going on? You know, this is. I've not had something like this before, and as a brewery, to be able to offer that to you know your consumers, that's a huge part of the reason why they're successful is having those unique style beers, delivering those profiles that people typically don't have. Now, you know, New England IPAs are damn good beers, and they will continue to be damn good beers. And For I think sure. having someone like Eric that can kind of make those and hit different fruit flavors into those beers is, is going to be exciting moving on. And I, I love milkshake, so the milkshake IPAs, because... This milkshake brings we do all have the boys a we we have a blueberry milkshake IPA working, and oh. I eat blueberries like I eat popcorn. Oh my god, I'm so excited! <laughs> and I awesome. ate the leftover blueberries as a slushy <laughs> because nice. they were leftover. No, and I, and I don't yeah, at all dispute that that style is not going anywhere, and I know it's gonna it's gonna stay, and it'll be. Uh, we we do a like you said a lot of lower ABV beers, and kind of our our joke is just that. You know, alcohol gets in the way of beer drinking sometimes. Um, and so everyone assumes, oh, you know, oh, you guys must be into huge bourbon barrel stouts and 11%, 12% beers. But no, at the end of the day, we want a beer that we can enjoy and, and consume and, and, and have one again and again. So that that is a, a big part of ours. Another big exciting part about moving to the kind of smaller package. You know, people don't always expect to see a 4, 4.5, 4, 3% 4, beer in a, in a 750. It makes them a lot more sense than a 375. Nice. And uh, you know you you don't sacrifice any of the complexity of those beers and lower ABV yeah, does not mean right. more you know less flavor. It, it actually lets us enhance the kind of the flavors that we're really going towards. Yeah, in all honesty, we we co lacto ferment with yeast, so <clears throat> our beer has straight lacto in it. It's got yeast in it, and that's what makes the beer so unique. A lot of people will take beer, they'll sour it in the the tank, boil it so they kill all the lacto. Put it back in the tank, yeast it, ferment it, package it. Um, our stuff stays alive the whole time, and that's a it's a big advantage for what we do. So what's so what's sour kettling mean? Just as a <laughs> curiosity no, that time too. Not everybody knows what sour. I don't know, so and I'm sure most people don't know what no, sour kettling is. For sure, I know you don't know what it means. So so kettle souring is souring the the wort that you create, and then. Reboiling it to kill the lactobacillus, and then pitching yeast to finish fermenting it out. 
what we do is co-ferment or we do mixed culture fermentations. So what we do is we do a combination of lactobacillus and saccharomyces in our stainless steel tanks. And when we release our beer, it still has live lactobacillus in it and live yeast. And And what does the lacto flavor-wise, what does lactobacillus add? It creates lactic acid, which is a, a nice, clean, acidic, bright, like... Almost flavor citrus. that accentuates the adjuncts that we add to the beer. So, so when we add tea, the hibiscus rubus tea that we add to tea vice, or berries like blackberry and raspberry, or um, whatever to our uh, to our tanks in secondary, that acidity accentuates those fruit adjuncts and nice. creates a like. And almost like juice-like experience that that we often find is a, is a really good crossover into craft beer for people that aren't beer drinkers. Exactly, because you like your beer is is like your vices are very good for people that aren't beer drinkers that are wine drinkers. They can drink it and they can they can relate to it. It's not something that's totally different. It's not. It doesn't taste to them like a quote unquote a typical beer or a lager would. One of our favorite things to do is, is tastings at liquor stores or even wine fest is get those people who are wine drinkers, cocktail drinkers, who for the most part had given up on beer. You know, they had beer when they were younger and in college. They had a, a light lager from some well-known big brewery and they thought that's what all beer was and so they gave up. So it's nice to kind of bring them back into craft beer and get them on the right track. Nice. Yeah. And is they it, definitely do that. Is it tough uh, keeping pace with all of these uh, new releases? So you like are constantly, it seems, rotating in new styles, new flavors. Every three what, weeks what's or so? The... It's my favorite headache to have. <laughs> um, no, we do a lot of different brands and managing the rotation of what we make, what hits the market, what we have to sell here. It's, uh, it's a fun task. Um, I think I said it earlier, uh, I try to manage creativity to an extent. And by that, I mean I try to create an environment for creativity to exist. So, um, so they create the creativity concept. I make sure everything happens as our creativity works. But it's the best headache to ever have. So do they have, like, more ideas than you have capacity for? Oh, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> definitely <laughs> the case. It's more often than not, hey, uh, we've, got, we've got a down day or we're, we're brewing a batch of something and We've got one brewer, you know, manning the main brew house, but the the second or third brewer, um, it's like, oh, hey, you don't necessarily have, you know, something to do. Let's let's play around. Let's make something fun. We've got our core beers that we make, you know, year round or seasonally, what have you. But that the things like the new um, casting pearls or the the great scotch or just any of the fun small batch beers that's just uh, us making beers that we want to and that's that's why we do this right you know you make beers that you would want to drink and ideally if you make them well other people want to drink them too which i love except for when the idea comes very last minute um, so no, there's I, that gatekeeper. Right? <laughs> I was like, "Hey, yeah, that's cool. Uh, thanks for letting me know." Uh, two oh man, ago. I didn't know oh. I was going to have to pay for all these ingredients. <laughs> but Shit. I wouldn't change a damn thing about it because the only way to create that environment, the only way to create these beers, is by allowing them 
and everyone here to have a creative component to it. And that falls right along the lines of my next question is like, as far as like what kind of experimental uh, stuff are you guys doing? Like hot varieties, the barrels, yeast strains, ingredients. What are the, some of the cool shit that you guys have been doing lately? And, and as a follow-up, does it sometimes just go south where you just make a beer that tastes like pure shit or what? Well, we've had... <laughs> what do you do in that I'm, I'm, I'm not going to call out any beer specifically, but... Uh, <laughs> so, my, I, I've got a handful of roommates that... They, they were Coors Light drinkers when I met them years ago. But uh, after, after living together for two, three plus years... Um, I've, I've taught him a thing or two, but so last year comes out nostalgia by my favorite beer that we've probably ever released. Um, it's a multi-grain Saison that was barrel fermented, barrel aged, um, not too much different, uh, multicultural, you know, bacteria to change too much flavor, whatnot. I mean, it's, it's a super complex beer if you want to look at it closely, but at the same time, you mow your lawn and you want to open one of these bottles and it's going to be refreshing as shit. That's probably my most refreshing beer. But then we, you know you try to make it again and either the the barrels are weird or they're taken care of you know in different ways or the, the just the microbes in them um, have changed or used different barrels and the beer doesn't come out the same way. So what were some of the main components of that particular beer? So uh, that beer specifically had a local yeast as the primary yeast. Where'd you which, find that? Which uh, oh. Eric can. We got it out of Rex's backyard. I yeah. some bunch of fucking pear trees. Nice. Yeah. So Very so that cool. was our primary fermentation. Then had some Brett, and we uh, we had some lacto soured beer in wow. it as well. But the thing with that beer that's amazing is like a thing that I've always loved creatively, which is creating something so complex that it becomes simple again, which is like where I feel like beer and wine and cocktails should be. Like, like, um, the, uh, it's one of the most delicately complex beers I've ever had. And there's something, and, there, and it sounds like there's a spontaneity to it that you that can't be duplicated, right? Like, so if you do it over and over, Which you may not come out. Which is the second time we tried to make it, it got a little funny. <laughs> so there's this, that spontaneous aspect yeah. to it that's like, which is very intriguing as well, right? Like, you just have this this thing that just happens, this magic that happens at one time, and all of you guys are clearly enamored by it, man. You're like, like that shit was the shit. But that, That's the glory of fermentation. Nice. That's kind of the glory and of what sour Crane been, honestly. That beer was, I mean, these guys know how to make beer, but the fact that we were able to use local yeast out of my backyard, you know, the, lo- the pear, the fact that that became successful and such a great beer in a relatively short time that we opened these doors for business, that's a love business love story right there. Yeah. That doesn't happen very often. Where is remember it? That day we har- no, no. <laughs> Eric, remember that day we harvested it? Yeah. That's awesome. We literally shook, took a truck and shook the tree and... That's Got the pears awesome, out of there. Man. I mean, then we, you know, it's East 78th or 78th Street, right behind in the heart of Raytown. Just a random pear tree at a rental house, but it was a healthy pear tree. We, you know, they extracted what they needed to make, and it turned out to be a phenomenal beer that people, you know, appreciate. So it's a cool, cool Holy story. Shit. Oh, it looks awesome, like a bottle man. of nostalgia just landed. <laughs> oh, man, this is. 
Yeah. Hey, hey how I great is that? Keep breaking stuff up. This is guys. We just built all that up, and now we're just, so Corey. Bring up more stories. Bro. I know. Come I'm on. gonna have. To, uh, no, that's that's awesome. Right. I love it, and I could see the. You know what? You, we we're talking about team dynamics right there. Uh, I know it's not always perfect, like when you have uh, a team, but like when it comes together right, all of you guys had an aspect to that story. Like from his tree, his, you know what I mean? And the appreciation of it, I mean, that was, that was, that was awesome, man. That's cool shit. Well, thank you. Fuck, man. I like being here right now. We're not leaving, by the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting over there. I'd, I'd like to take a moment <laughs> Me if we and have Omar. time. Do we have it? Do we have a second? Yeah, go yeah. ahead, bro. Marty, what's your favorite color? Blue. Good choice. That's my favorite too. Um, what's your favorite <laughs> beer style? Uh, stout. Okay. Um, what do you have brewing right now, Marty? I have nothing brewing right now. I found out I'm kind of uh, gluten insensitive. Oh! Ouch! Oh, no. Ouch! Oh, no! Does that mean you guys are going to have to uh, make a cider? No. Yes. Yes. Now, can I pull a quick change up on the whole plan? Is everyone okay with that? Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's your show. All right, so we got a lot of people sitting around the table right now, and this is about half of the normal beer planning group. If you guys would like to plan a beer as a table, I think we should plan something for a pilot batch. What do you think? If Corey's involved, it's going to taste like pure shit, dude. Yeah. So already. All right, so Corey's not involved. No, we we got to ex- somehow extract Corey from that, this. That, who's I, your problem? I, I who is Corey? Corey? <laughs> I don't know, Corey. Who's Corey? <laughs> no, my wife got Dude, me for awesome. my birthday uh, at Brew Lab, and we what did we brew? An October. Oh, that was terrible. God. She got you a what? Don't even fucking mention that, that shit. She got you a what? A Brew Lab? A Brew Lab, like a gift certificate, a Brew Lab to. Brew oh, beer. two Brew Lab. Those yeah. guys are dope. Yeah. They, no, they actually whoa. serve. Uh, that was uh, our fault. That was our fault. Kombucha, that uh, shit. Man, this would have worked so much better. Could I smoothly have said what company my mom makes kombucha for? Whoops. Well, it doesn't try matter. that again. This is a beer podcast. Two. Yeah, not, well, not kombucha. Edit in post, Ruben. Shout out to my mom making kombucha. Kombucha. That's all I got. All right. So, do so, we really want to sit here and talk about a beer we want to make real quick? You guys on board? What's, what's the base? I think uh, Corey and Reuben get to pick the base, and Dude. then Eric and Michael get to comment <laughs> no on the uh, yeah, I'm like, ability, out of and everyone element. else figures yeah. it out. Uh, I, I think someone else should pick the base. Maybe we no. could like throw in an ingredient. This like, is maybe. this is like when you're at an improv club and people call out shit, and then you just you can't say no. You, we no, have to I, land I, it. No, by the way, this is like all of. Corey's dreams coming true at once. Now, well, then Corey, don't be a little is, girl. It's too, it's too far now. Like, don't be a little girl, Corey. He's trying. I know to, you got something. He gets the opportunity no, to try to pick a a a crane beer now. Uh, look at him, yeah, pilot batch. He's smitten. What do you got? What do you like to drink? Tell me what to make. Damn, if I had to get your rosebuds awesome. oh, off, awesome. oh, a saison. A saison. Okay, well, we got well, one of those. We got base. a couple of That's those. A good idea. <laughs> Come on, Corey. The pressure's on. What else you got, Corey? I know. And I'm, I'm just, I, I, <laughs> this is a judge-free zone. We won't judge you. If you want some ingredient in this, go for it. You know the the ingredient. You want that, a little uh, black pepper? No, no, no. You want a little uh, saffron? You go for that. 
You say it out loud. Wow. Not saffron. We can't afford <laughs> Saffron's that. Saffron's expensive. <laughs> so, uh, sorry. I was we're told we we're can't afford tell saffron, you but, uh, you know. We're going to tell you about a beer that we're doing with Torn Label. I'm going to turn it over to Michael Reynolds, who is a Shout main out. creator. He's going to bail you out, bro. Yeah, so so we've, for a long time, Torn Label are, like, some of our, like, best friends in KC. And Very good buddies. And and they brewed a beer with us, like, before we even opened. Like, and so we've been Omega trying Saison. to set up a collaboration with him for a long time, but because... We're both busy production breweries. It has not worked out. So me as a as a brewer and Alex Moss over at Torn Label as a brewer decided that we would just get together and brew a beer. And so Mossy. we brewed a, we brewed a beer we're brewing a beer called Pie Times <laughs> which which is a uh, persimmon and pawpaw pie beer. What's pawpaw? So Christian? Pawpaws are super cool. Are these like those? I'm from Puerto Missouri, Rico. Missouri yeah, bananas. Christian. Where are you from? First Puerto off? Rico. Okay, well, that makes a Born lot of sense. Rico. Never mind then. <laughs> Tell them about uh, oh, I'm not kidding. Ah, uh, shit. My first argument is invalid. Um, <laughs> anyways, it's a Midwestern tropical fruit that uh, grows right around here, luckily in Missouri. Which makes um, no sense. A Midwestern, no, Midwestern tropical, tropical fruit. I know, right? Yeah. It looks like a cross between like a mango and potato. On the tree, uh, <laughs> it's awesome. like this green, like lumpy peanut oh, type I have, thing. I have seen. Uh, has about like three to five it's seeds in it. Taste between it's like banana, apple, uh, pineapple, all that stuff. Very nice. <laughs> it does. It tastes yeah. that good. Um, it tastes very sweet. A lot of sugars in it. A lot of good involvement with that. You uh, people around here used to have groves of it. So it's so Mossy came over last Friday. Um, and uh, we brewed the the, uh, the the first part of the beer, which we threw some graham crackers and some molasses and and some uh, brown sugar. They're way better at this than we are. And yeah. sorghum. Yeah, yeah. Sorghum. It was sorghum molasses. So um, what does that and does that. Is there a difference between regular molasses? How does that, or do you? Yeah, so so apparently regular molasses is a byproduct of the sugar industry, whereas sorghum molasses is the historical version. It's actual. Okay, yeah. so quote unquote, when they said molasses back in the day, it was sorghum molasses, not right, not the the shit that we find in the jars now. Yeah, so we're we're basically brewing a pie sour beer. With persimmons that are locally harvested Ooh. and pawpaws that are locally harvested, and uh, that sounds awesome, man. Yeah, we're super excited about it, and uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be great. We threw we we did we did really honestly stupid shit that neither one of us had ever done as a brewer. <laughs> like we threw like piles of graham crackers into the kettle, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, dude, that's how, awesome. I so love how, it. Thomas. How will you know the t- did we able to? At what point can you taste to kind of figure out if it's going to work or not, or is that just you just that's, rolling the dice? You know, honestly, that's what we do as brewers: is we figure out what taste we want to be in the finished beer, and we make some sort of hypothesis about what ingredients we can add to the beer to land that, and then we play it out and hope we get there. <laughs> and, hey, don't and get honestly, it twisted. Brewers are the Michelangelo's of today. 
Dude. Yeah. Well, you know, and everybody's wearing uh, somebody. Uh, make, uh, a couple people have made this point. Like people used to wear band T-shirts all the time, right? Like, and now people right just now. wear Brewer shirts. You know, most people wearing yeah. like it, like almost like they're representing bands or something. You know what I mean? There's like, and I, and I honestly, a as a brewer. That's cool. Like I like I I want to be an artist. Like I want to I want to like set the bar super high. Maybe like too high. Maybe so I can't get over it. Maybe so I can't land it. That's awesome. Well, what's, fun about, what's fun and about what's fun about you are artist. You're Fuck talking it. about wearing, you know, instead of band shirts, people are wearing brewery shirts. They like, are, yeah. I got called out a, a weekend or two ago bartending in the tap room from wearing a torn label shirt and they're like, "Hey, you're at the wrong brewery. And I was like, no, these torn label guys, they're our buddies. We've got Christian here wearing a Benetti's t-shirt. Benetti's, unfortunately, just closed. But they are a, uh, uh, they were a, a roastery coffee shop here in Raytown. I mean, it, it, the, thing that's, the thing that's fun about you know wearing your favorite band t-shirt is just like, hey, I know these guys and you don't know who they are. But that's, that's fun when you're in high school. Now that now that we've been working with with local companies, um, having fun just doing shit with people we like, it's we we talk to people that are here in town. We do things with people that are here in town. It's 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 more fun to be local because we get to see those people. We get to see those guys and be creative with them. You don't always wear your own band to your own concert. Is all I'm going to say. That just makes perfect sense. I was able to avoid that problem. No, I'm going to say right now. My, my band never had t-shirts. Because it's just like straight up like, hey, this is my brewery. I'm going to wear the shirt for my brewery. I've been guilty like, of that. Clearly, that's laundry. Yes, have. I and worked. that's okay. <laughs> and Chris is totally guilty of it right now. <laughs> was, I almost, I was going to wear crane. my, I was going to wear my small crane ball, but I, I just went... Drink local, my man. Drink local. See, drink local. The thing is, though, if <laughs> to you be ever fair, to, I love my small ball. Shirt. If you ever want to come to Crane Brewing Company, it's uh, sixty-five fifteen Railroad Street, Raytown Road. We sell T-shirts here, and ninety percent of them are super comfortable. The other ten percent are pretty cheap. Also, <laughs> despite the fact that Chris. Only seems to wear crane gear. Nice. He has a massive collection of breweries I can only all imagine. over the region. I just got a new one from Casual Animal when I dropped by the other day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't get a free one. <laughs> uh. I'm sure your wife loves that you get t-shirts and glasses, right? Oh, man, like, you should like see their life. fucking family pictures. It's like crane decked out. Not even crane logos, but like green and black uh, plaid. Just like, hey, we're taking family pictures, but these are business pictures. Awesome. Just so you know. It's like that <laughs> right monster truck that's like, what is it, Grave Dozer? Or Grim, Grim Dozer? That's what it's like. Amen to the write-off. Yeah. yeah nice. <laughs> so you guys have, uh, I wrote down some of the upcoming your your some of the upcoming schedule. Um, you have a Valentine's Day dinner, a special tapping at the tap room. It says on the fifteenth, beer yoga and extreme beer fest. Any of those things that you guys want to talk about? I'm super excited to have Valentine's Day here again. We know a lot of people make plans, but the hope they'll swing by. Michael Crane has made homemade chocolate covered strawberries. He has planned for wow for, wow. for this Wednesday. 
So I actually have two very good friends. Uh, they met on our Valentine's Day last year for the Amber Plus Bread event. Um, I'm really excited to see them out here again, but it's kind of a dream come true that our A plus B Valentine's themed beer got two of my friends hooked up together. That's so cool, Aww. man. Um, Crane bring, bringing people together. I won't shout together. them out because I don't know if they'd like me to or not, but uh, <laughs> look forward to seeing you guys this week. That's <laughs> now the, the the cool thing about this Valentine's Day deal is this year's Amber and Brett is a super balanced Amber saison with a that the Brett character is going to appease people that are Britannomyces fans. The Amber saison character is going to please people so- that are Amber fans. This this year's batch of Amber and Brett is incredibly balanced. Super awesome for anybody who wants to. Come so, what's drink the it. difference between a regular saison and an amber saison? Um, this batch you're going to find a little bit more maltiness. You know, saisons for us is going to be a lot, typically a lot drier, a lot, a lot sweeter. Um, you're also pe- going to notice that uh, one of them is more amber colored. Oh, oh, good call, good call. Whoa. No, I'm a uh, Corey Wanna. Right I'm going to have to give you a moment. <laughs> We're also going to have discounts on uh, Barry Vice. The, oh my god, berry vice is so good. Yeah. Blackberry raspberry, this beer is central, it's sweet, it's everything you desire on a holiday like central, this. Central, huh? Oh. Yeah. And it's your oh, second you it, you it, everything you, you would desire. you would say that uh I have trouble. I, I can't get enough of this beer, babe. And it's uh and that's your second uh three seventy five ML release, correct? Correct, correct. That'll Don't be hitting hitting stores pretty close. Mom. I'm a fanboy, I admit it. Guilty. <laughs> um, and I do it, love my my uh Small balls. What other, what other events did you mention? Um, I extreme beer fest, beer yoga, awesome the dinner at Poorhouse. Beer yoga. This is the third or fourth year we've done it here. It's a lot of fun because most people who are into yoga, you know, this time of year they're out. They don't want to be outside. They want to be in somewhere new. So they jump inside a barrel room, take an excellent, you know, workout. I actually took the classes last time and got my ass kicked. Yoga's, oh man, yoga You should. I was bartending this weekend. This Saturday morning, and Chris walks out, and he's like, oh, man, my wife didn't come this time, so I took her ticket. I took her ticket, and oh, my God, I can't even feel my legs. Yeah. I'm like, yoga's usually the one that, like, kicks my ass the day of, but really kicks my ass the next day, because you don't notice. But we give, you, uh, we give you a specially inspired beer. This next class is the last one. It's Omar's, the beer that you give to the class. And then you also get a donut from Doughboys Doe in Raytown, which are the best donuts you can get. They're really good. I ate one that was covered in... Uh, Oh, Jesus, what was that? Um, Fruity Pebbles. I had a Fruity Pebbles donut on Saturday. (laughs) I've never heard of such a thing. I've never heard of such a thing. Fruity Pebbles donut. Extreme Beer Fest. Dan will be up there this year. Um, We really look forward to that one because it's it's put on by Beertopia. Um, And Crescent Moon, kind of a family up there in Omaha. So we like to take care of them. They are wonderful to us. We want to keep supporting them. And I was going to – the final two – I mean, I'll get a last couple questions out they're going to get a little bit deep, but I was talking about the downtown revitalization. I understand that you're active in that group and like what's going on with that and what does all that entail? Like We you know? have been put in a forefront just as, as a new business coming to Raytown, specifically a brewery. Um, Raytown's never had a brewery before. And so no pressure, but they've really put a lot of emphasis on us as, as coming to this area and hoping to get similar businesses to come to Raytown. 
I wish more businesses would take advantage of Raytown. You know, everywhere you, you live, whether it's in North Kansas City or Overland Park or at least something, you feel centric to your area. You feel like you're there, you live is pretty central. But Raytown really is the heart of Kansas City. I mean, it's 15 minutes to the airport, Overland Park, you know, the suburbs. I wish we could see more people like us, you know, privately owned small businesses come to this area. It's, it's been really fun being here in Raytown because Raytown has, when we first, you know, laid claim to our our spot here um our footprint uh the city did a lot of work to you know help us through the all the red tape and all the hoops and you know getting rid of antiquated laws like you know that you can't tie your horse to the front of the bar on sunday that was a yada, good law yada. damn it yeah. Yeah, I mean, so Raytown, <laughs> Raytown is horses up and down this yeah, fucking come on, man. shitting up the joint. But it, I mean, it's it's been great being here in Raytown. Um, <laughs> Governor Mike, he shows up here all the time. Mike McDonut, McDonough. Sorry, I mispronounced it. Um, he comes in the the Raytown police. Donut. The Raytown police come in here all the time. The police detectives, the Raytown fire department comes in here all the time. They you, love our beer. They love hanging. But out. But you want people to come too, right? Oh yeah. Not I mean, don't worry. People, there's going to be cops sitting outside of <laughs> I'm our. Uh, we we're right next to uh, the Raytown like fuel depot. So there's cops sitting out. Again, out. you want people coming, right? Yeah. No, I'm just. Hey, no, this you. is moral of the story. No, I'm is. just. So police. <laughs> They're they're near our brewery a lot, but they're like, hey, <laughs> that's a good you, thing. You right? support Crane Brewing Company? Well, I support you. Get home safe. Nice. I think it's so a, it's yeah, it's fun. Raytown's really been here. very appreciative so far, and we're thankful from a business standpoint. We don't approve return driving, though. The cops will not uh, overlook that. I will just say that. Oh yeah. What what he just said <laughs> Thanks, was bro. Yeah. what he just said was it's cops what he don't said approve. Is he is not driving, driving home yeah. just yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Annunciation. <laughs> That's uh, what happens when you play the Pokemon drinking Pokemon game. Pokemon drinking game Carolina. is the devil. Uh, yeah, we're going to go again. You're, you're <laughs> <laughs> I'm all... I, I, I love this. Yes, that's a yes. It's a, a binding verbal agreement. No, I know. I, I'm, I'm, I, I just lost my place. For all right. Uh, Where do you think we are? The Rock Island... Corridor construction. You want to talk a little bit about that? Like, what the? Because I saw that and I thought it was really cool, but I have no idea what the fuck it means. So Can you we are on the synopsis? next tier of construction. They've already started clearing out land and getting going closer to the Lee Summit area. But this corridor is going to connect Kansas City pretty much to the Katy Trail all the way up through Pleasant Hill. So it's going to go through the stadiums. It's going to go right in front of our brewery. Our brewery is actually a trailhead for the the Rock Island corridor. Go through downtown Lee Summit and then go up to through Pleasant Hill. We cannot wait to get. These people who are on bikes and, and traffic who are waiting for beer. So in layman's terms, what the fuck is a corridor? What is that? So that, means, bike trail. that, that means that the Jackson Stop. County... It. It's a bike trail. Yeah, Jackson County bought the right-of-way from the Rock Island Corridor from the, the, the railroad. So this was railroad property that's now county property um, to do what they wish. So they're not only adding a, a bike trail, but they're adding a kind of a mixed-use transportation. So whether it's... Yeah, so whether it's a train or it's... Um, a bus route, but we're going to see a lot more transportation through this area. It's, it's a huge opportunity from Crane, not necessarily from a development standpoint. The city of Raytown is going to benefit off this. Jackson County is going to benefit off this. It's just going to bring business down here that Raytown needs to see to kind of revitalize what they're looking for. They, you know, Places like Crane are what they want in their portfolio. 
We hope that continues to move forward and different businesses see the opportunity that Raytown has to offer. But, you know, this, this bike path is looking in 20 years from now, we'll look back and say this was a kind of a transitional moment for the city of Raytown where they embraced this, this bike path. And hopefully Crane can kind of see the benefits of it, you know, within the next three years. You know, years. hold on. I'm that dude should you. be the mayor. Nobody, nobody has more fun at a podcast than these guys. I swear to God, they have more fun than bunch you're supposed dorks, to have. Man, bunch of and knuckleheads. It is, damn I, yeah, they're a bunch of knuckleheads, but God damn it, they're fun knuckleheads. And I will say it's that hysterical. I anticipated a different Christian's a kind of interview, but I like this I'm just going to lay that one. out right now. He's a troublemaker, and I like it. Innocent. I did nothing. <laughs> I was complying with what I was told. Those are orders. He's drinking his hands wrong. out of a tulip. Let him go. That's he's, just so people don't call me out. He's balls deep in hams right now. So initially, we thought this was going to be a video podcast. So we're all trying to like keep only you following know, safe orders. Face. But then we find out that it's, it's only yeah, audio. Oh. So it's just everybody like, hey, wore their nice T-shirts for the school pictures. And we can bowl. <laughs> And the nostalgia was fucking right? awesome. Isn't that? Oh, it's a, it's amazing. It, nostalgia. It, it, I, I kept trying to remind myself to mention it in between questions how good nostalgia was, and it, you know, obviously small ball and all the rest of the beers. I the nostalgia is super cool. I yeah, mean, it's, 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 awesome. it's complex talk? enough to be able to drink and really think about, but yet it's, it's simple enough. Like Chris said earlier, it's something you. It, it's so complex. It's simple again. You can just drink it after mowing the lawn, and you're just like, "Oh God, this is great." It's As a, a former reserve member, or what's the plan? Former? For that? Why haven't you re-signed up? Are you, oh. There has been no. Oh God! He hasn't, been rece- going he hasn't received his marching orders. Right. So, so the current program for the uh, the backup reserve club. I say backup as in number two, because that's my internal name for it. Not the right name. Um, we, yes, yes, it is. Um, now for the second reserve club, we want to have a delivery of beers. That's what we want to do when we launch. We want to say, Hey, this is what we have for you. This is what we're going to have available. And we're going to completely restructure it. Okay. And I guess he needs a little bit of background on what the actual reserve club was. Chris, do you mind helping me out? We, uh, guys that aren't as balls deep starting as starting out, we, from the get go, we said, you know, from the get-go, we said we're not going to have a reserve club. Like, from day one, we said we're not going to have a reserve club. We don't have anything behind us that justifies building a club like that that people would be interested. Why would they be interested in us? Who are we? We're just a bunch of homebrewers opening a brewery. Um, we ended up deciding we were going to do a small club out of our, our crowd brewed campaign, which is essentially like Kickstarter for beer to, to open our barrel program. And we got a crap ton of people behind it who were really excited. So a what ton? People, people just like Corey um, got, got to try got a, a lot of beers. Ton. Yeah. Poop tent. Thank you. They got to try a lot of beers out of our barrel, our barrel um, membership that no one else has got to have. How and Chris can maintain talking with the shenanigans going on daily, is amazing. It's a daily it is fucking factor. amazing this that he is, can keep yeah. a train of thought going. This is a normal life. Team building is what we're doing. Like, doing. Nothing phases me. He's totally used to this by this point. He's just numb. Numb and dead inside. <laughs> no, <laughs> easy no. now. No, but we we do want to do another round of reserve membership. We have plans, but like Aaron said, we're we're planning on restructuring it. We want to offer a few more things, and we want to offer more opportunity to different beers in our, our barrel program. So besides besides getting six packs, besides getting three seventy fives, our main goal for two thousand eighteen is is getting more stuff out of our barrel program. 
All right, final. I just want anyone that wants to say any final thoughts. I do. You know, you got open open mic right now before we before we allow everyone to get back to their shenanigans, so to speak. All right, we're going to start with Michael Reynolds and go around the circle. It's a lot of pressure. Come on, he told you to talk. Uh, anything you want to say, man. That's uh, that's all. You know what? Craft beer is like an amazing thing, and like I think there's a lot of people that are seeing it kind of like a like a contest right now, and I think we should all chill out a bit and just enjoy the fact that we're all drinking beer. Fuck yeah, amen. <laughs> that was very well said, Michael Reynolds. Um, thank you guys all for, and I'm going to skip the whole the public here. I want to shout out to my crew. And all of our people, thank you guys for being who you are. Thank you guys for making Crane Brewing something. And thank you guys for helping making a dream that I once saw as a drunk individual actually come to fruition. Um, I appreciate you all and I love you for it. Fuck yeah. Awesome. So this has been a dream come true. I started home brewing as a hobby with my dad for Father's Day. And then I got tired of doing the job that I was doing and forced my way into a brewery. And these yahoos let me, this yahoo, have a job for the last two years. And I would, hey, mom, hi, dad. Your, your son dropped out of college, but he has a job. Yes, you got a hi, mom, hi, dad on the podcast. Hi. Woo! I'm, and he's going I'm, to I'm almost 30, and I'm, I'm getting paid for something. <laughs> But these these guys that have really given me sounded the, like Borat right there for a second. I, uh, <laughs> oh man, I almost quoted that movie, but I don't want to be un- insensitive. Do it right now. But no, it's been it's been really a true. It has been a true treasure to be able to be with these guys. Um, the fact that they've given me the opportunity that I have from not not knowing anything to being like, hey, you're, you're, you've got to fucking work now. Like, the, we, we taught you how to do this, hopefully. And now you got to work. And uh, I couldn't imagine anything better. You're kicking ass, man. Jetami, te amo, ikliberdich. Eu te amo. I just want to say I love you. Where are you? I love you? you all who have supported us from day one and kept us going. Yeah, we, we have been in a very fortunate place to be able to make the beers we make, share them, and, and share what we do with the community. I got to give props to Chris for never breaking form throughout the whole entire podcast. No matter how much fucking hams or nostalgia he drank, fucking te amo y mucho te quiero. Uh, co-founder, co-founder. Yes. It's been great being part of this team for the last two years. You know, I retired from my original career. And just being able to find a home with such creative people and being part of a team, it's just been a pleasure. Awesome. I love it. Hey. I want some more damn beer. That's all that really matters. So, amen to that. <laughs> and Papa. Uh, this is my dream. Like, honestly, it's not the best dream, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty uh, fucking good. It's dude. a good fucking dream that uh, I'm working with, like, uh, friends, honestly. Have and, you met uh, us? Every this is day, pretty fun. I get to hang out with them, regardless whether they're in a good mood or not. And, uh,. You know, every day, this is it. Living at Vegas, baby. Also, we're always in a good 
The thing is, you got to know about Christian is he he would leave everyone that works here in the dust. The only person. Shoutouts dust twenty eighteen. Hey oh, we up in here. <laughs> the thing is about Christian, if Randy the cat isn't completely spoiled, completely taken care of, our 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 brewery cat, Randy. She's a girl, Randy with an eye. If Randy is not taken care of, hell is to pay. 2018, I will leave when this cat is not here. <laughs> Shots fired, quoted, statement. <laughs> Meow. Just, That's it. Don't do a mic drop. That's it. <laughs> Go ahead. Your final thoughts, man. Do you have anything? No, this was awesome. It's, it's, it's great to see. Never mind, Corey. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> wow. See, I, uh, every motherfucker sets me up every fucking time. No, it's, 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 Got really, it's really nice to see the interactions and just like the, the way that you guys work together. And this is a cool place to, to work at. Yeah, this is. Definitely. They are our Crane TV advisors and managers. <laughs> This is definitely one of my, you know, favorite podcasts that we've ever had, and uh, I do. I I feel part of the team right now, even though I haven't done shit. I haven't done a damn thing. So, but you know, I kind of get the dynamic of the team, and man, it's been a real pleasure, guys. Man, so hey, Ruben, thank you, Corey, thank you so much for uh, coming out here tonight. Um, that was a pleasure. Really appreciate man. That's it. Awesome. You know, you coming out and following up on our Pokemon drinking game. I know each and every one of us here. Um, honestly, thanks to you for letting us have our voice. Hell voice yeah, right Truly. on, man. And we just turned into a punk and say goodbye, Corey. Goodbye, Corey. I'm always ready.